Welcome to the Mind and Body Strong podcast, a place for women to redefine their relationship with food and their body, tune into their inner wisdom, and become the best version of themselves. My name is Katie Pijanowski, and I'm an anti-diet and body image coach, certified personal trainer, and lover of all things travel, brunch, and personal growth. Join us each week as we share insightful conversations with guest experts, along with my own personal stories and teachings that aim to help you reconnect your mind, body, and spirit while releasing old beliefs, dogma, and expectations that no longer serve you. Each episode is packed with nuggets of wisdom that are sure to leave you feeling inspired, challenged, and empowered to take action in your own life. Shy away from tough topics? No way. In this space, we welcome things including mental health, sex, diversity, eating disorders, weight stigma, and all that comes with having a human experience. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me, so grab a notebook, pen, and some headphones, and let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I wanted to just give you a quick chance to just check in with yourself today. Even just placing your hand on your heart and taking a couple of deep breaths. We are entering into the second month of 2022 and just wanted to give you that opportunity to just take a quick quick check-in and just stop and ask yourself how you're feeling and where you might be feeling those sensations in your body today. And just take a couple deep breaths. Sometimes we are just going, going, going in life and we forget to take those little breaks to check in and see how things are going and slow things down a little bit. So I just wanted to offer that to you before we get into today's episode. Now, today's episode, we have a very special guest. Her name is Natasha Nagindi, and she's a Canadian non-diet nutritionist, Zumba instructor, and entrepreneur. She spent years being a slave to diet culture, but she was never able to keep the weight off. After hitting rock bottom, she finally gained food freedom and learned to truly love herself. Her lived experiences inspire her to help others struggling with the same issues to have food freedom and accept their bodies too. I love having other non-diet people in the space and I love that Natasha specifically is a nutritionist and she brings that that experience level and she talks about in this episode her experience of going through nutrition school and how she really started that from a place of wanting to control her body and how that morphed as she grew in her knowledge of intuitive eating and body acceptance. It's also, she has such a unique experience being that she grew up in South Africa where there were many bodies that looked like hers and food was celebrated and enjoyed and it was a celebration, truly. And when she moved to Canada and was introduced to a lot of the Western culture ways of always trying to pursue thinness and having a lot of labeling around food being bad or good and um, right or wrong, this is where she started to see a lot of that diet culture start to integrate into her life. So I'm really excited to share with you her story. She brings about so many amazing things. We even touch on this idea of how our body size can be really intertwined with how we view and relate to desirability, which I think is something that comes up a lot for women in my practice as well and in my conversations with other people. So I'm really glad that we touch on this today. But without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. 
Welcome back to the Mind and Body Strong podcast. I have a special guest with me who I've been so excited to chat with. Her name is Natasha. She's a non-diet nutritionist, Zumba instructor, and entrepreneur. And I've been following her on Instagram for a really long time. And if you don't already follow her, you need to go follow her immediately because she has some great content. And I'm really excited to bring her on here as another non-diet coach and, and nutritionist specifically is why I wanted to have you here because I don't have that background. And, but I would love to hear your perspective of like being a nutritionist and entering the non-diet space and so many other things. So first of all, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Katie. I'm so happy to be on today. Yay. So to start my story, um, basically let's throw it back all the way to 2004 um, when I first moved to Canada from South Africa. Um, And so back in South Africa, there were many bodies like my own, like my aunties, my mother, you know, just bigger bodies in general. So I never thought anything was wrong with being in a larger body. But then when I came here, I quickly saw the the Western standard of beauty and just how far away I was from that. And so as a child, that really messed with me. Um, And it actually made me feel depressed for many, many years, and it just kept getting worse and worse. And so growing up, I never really saw the joy in movement or even in eating different foods because I was always so focused on losing weight. (laughs) Um, And so towards the end of high school, I really, really liked this one guy. And he told me that if he was to date me, I would have to lose 50 pounds first. And I, I, I know it's horrible. Um, and as a girl that's 18 years old, I just want to impress this guy. So I figured, yeah, let me do this. It'll make me so much more attractive. He'll be proud of me. This will be great. And so I really restricted my calories severely, like a toddler amount of calories per day, basically. And I worked out six days a week, twice a day, and it was horrible. It was the worst experience ever. But I thought that I was being healthy and people would compliment me so much as I would lose more and more weight. And they would ask me for all this advice. And it actually got to a point where I did believe that I knew what was right and I was giving people nutrition advice. And it actually inspired to go into nutrition, ironically enough, even though I was so deeply in diet culture. Um, But inevitably, I could not keep up those crazy patterns of over-exercising and dieting. So it crashed very dramatically and I quickly gained 100 pounds, um, which was very, very difficult, especially being in the nutrition field where the stereotype is to be thin. Um, And so towards the end of the program, third year, I felt very depressed more than ever. And so I went to a dietitian and I told her my story and that I had to lose 50 pounds as soon as possible. But because she actually practiced um, non-diet nutrition, she did not help me lose 50 pounds. Um, But I am so, so thankful because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have been introduced to intuitive eating and to the health at every size principles. 
And when I did learn about these things, I basically was just so shocked and so amazed because I had never heard of such an approach. And that's actually what inspired me to make my Instagram, The Thick Nutritionist, because I just wanted to share my journey. Um, and then with time and more experience, and when I was done learning all the nutrition things, I actually decided to apply it and teach other women just how to get to the same space. Oh, so many good things. I love hearing like the full arch of your story, starting all the way back from 2014. I think you said when you moved 2004, 2004. Yeah. So all the way back in 2004, where you moved from, it was South Africa, right? Yeah. To to Canada and how it was so normal where you were from that bodies looked like yours. And it was like, yeah, this is normal. No big deal. And then you enter the the Western civilization where the ideal is very, to be very small and how that impacted not only, you know, how you were approaching now movement and food, but how it was impacting your mental health. You had mentioned a couple of times entering those phases of depression. And I think that that's very uh, relatable to a lot of people who are, have experienced that, that pressure. And for, for myself, I grew up here in the States. And so it was very normalized. It was just like, yeah, people control their food and work out all the time. And like, that's normal. Like I grew up with my mom going to Weight Watcher meetings. I like sat in those meetings with her because she worked the meetings and it was like, yeah, this is what people do. Um, and then you start to really get older and you're like, wait a second, <laughs> this is weird. But I think what's particularly Well, first of all, like F that dude who told you to lose weight if he wants, if you guys were going to date, because that double standard is, is so prevalent. And I'd love to kind of start there kind of peeling maybe a little bit, a part of that piece, because I think so often what I'm hearing from women in this space who are maybe struggling to enter this non-diet space is that they feel like their weight and their desirability are so like entangled. And so I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on that. Okay, yeah, for sure. So it's really hard to not link those two things, especially being in our society where the male gaze is all about looking at thinner bodies. But one thing that I have learned ever since then is that the people that are good for you and that you would actually want to be with will be attracted to you, whether you're in a size zero or a size six or a size 20, whatever size you are, the right person will always be attracted to you. And who would want to be with a partner that would leave them if they were to gain weight? That would be absolutely horrible. So Mm -hmm. I always tell my clients size really does not matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's if anything, it's like the size of your heart, right? You know, it's like, what are you bringing with your energy? Right. Cause when you Mm -hmm. think about people in your life that are impactful and they don't have to be physically present in your life, they could be celebrities or people you see on TV or uh, authors, right. When you think of the people that inspire you, you don't often like think of them as less inspirational based on their body type or their gender, um, you know, identity, their race. Like you don't often do that unless maybe some people do, but most people in my community do not. And when you really think about it, it's like, oh, wait, like if this person can, can feel really confident and good in them, good in their body, like, why can't I, it's not this rite of passageway that when you automatically make yourself thinner, you're going to experience said feelings of like happiness and desirability and, 
and all of those things, which I know I was really caught up in. I was like, surely when I lose weight, that's when everything will be great. I'll never experience negative emotions again. We'll be fabulous. Right. Um, yeah. So I think that really, I think for those listeners out there, if this is something you're struggling with, like really focusing on like who you are as a person, what do you have to offer? Like versus like in your, your personality, like, who are you outside of your body? Right. Would you agree? I so agree with you. That is so, so good because truly that is what matters at the end of the day. Our bodies change all the time, but who you are inside and your energy and what you bring to the table, that's constant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I want to bring it back to the, when you were in nutrition school and when you were really experiencing a lot of that, like pressure to be thin. And I'm sure that that is intense when you're in nutrition school. And it's, I also want to acknowledge too, that I think a lot of us who entered the anti-diet space have probably started in the field in that same way. And I can say this because I started in the training space from that perspective of like, oh, you know, I'm going to help people lose weight and I know what to do and like thinner is better. And like for myself, I always found myself like kind of hustling for my, um, my status as a trainer. It was like, oh, well, I have to work out this many times a week and do this, do all these things. Right. Like, um, and it was exhausting and I ended up getting injured and it's just, it's crazy. So then you had this amazing angel nutritionist. who was a non-diet nutritionist who came into your life. So I'd love to kind of hear your journey through nutrition school, maybe like some of the pressures you experienced and then how you were able to help yourself move away from that as you worked with this non-diet nutritionist. Sure. So the pressures that I faced in nutrition school, I would say mainly stemmed from how I was viewed by my peers or from other professionals in the field. Mm -hmm. Um, I was always very, very insecure when I would do presentations, especially because we would really talk about calories in versus calories out a lot. We would also talk about willpower a lot. Mm -hmm. And so even though no one directly said anything to me about my body type and how it was unacceptable. I definitely always felt that way. Um, And another thing that we learned while we were reading our textbooks is that African Americans have a higher rate of so many of these conditions. Um, But there was also no context as to why certain things are the way they are. So I always really felt like a sore thumb in my class, considering that everyone else was thin and white. So I just really never ever fit in. But as I did start working with that dietitian that was an angel and so, so compassionate, she really unwrapped all of those different uh, layers. She understood how, you know, race can really intersect with that weight piece as well. So she personalized her approach to my situation and 
with talking to her more and more, it just helped me realize that I was in the program just to gain as much information as possible. She helped me sort through what's actually valuable, what's really not valuable. And it was just nice to have alongside with the program. So it helped me stay focused and realize that my brain is bigger than my body. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that you had that that guide throughout the process to really help cut through some of the things that were not going to actually be helpful. And I think it's also interesting to name that nothing was ever really said about like body types needing to be a certain way, right? But it was felt. And I think that so many people can relate to that, whether they're in the nutrition space or they're just living their regular human life, that everyone knows that that's what you're supposed to look like, but nobody can really say why nobody really has a lot of like evidence as to why that's true. And so when you ask people like, who's told you that, why is that true? They're like, Hmm, I don't know. I think it's because when we look at our generations and even generations ahead of us, they all grew up with the same diet culture um, ideas and that pressure. So they really pass it down, even if they're not trying to be intentionally harmful. And it really does suck because, yeah, truly, where did we get these ideas? No one really knows. (laughs) Yeah. So it makes me curious too, because it sounds like when you moved here or moved to Canada, um, that's when that really started to set in, like just being engulfed in the Western culture of like how things are done here. So I'd love to know, like, what were some of the things that were maybe talked about, about like food or body from where you're from in South Africa and how they might differ from what you've experienced here? Sure. So I need to make a side note that I haven't been home in so, so long, like 18 years. And from what it sounds like, the Western culture pressures have actually reached South Africa. So there is now a lot more pressure for everyone to be smaller, even though naturally we're literally all not supposed to be in that body, which sounds kind of strange, but we're just naturally in a different frame for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the time that I was there, the emphasis was more on food being a celebration. It was a really, really big deal. People just associated it with joy and with giving life and energy because you're so busy all day doing all kinds of things. Of course, you're going to want to eat when you get home. And there was just an emphasis on a variety of foods. There was absolutely none of the diet culture mess. Um, And also when it came to bodies, there definitely was not a pressure to be smaller by any means. All bodies were celebrated, I would say, compared to being here. Yeah, I love that. And that's what it it saddens me to, to hear that, you know, part of the Western culture has moved to to like where you're from in South Africa, because it sounds like what was being taught when you were younger was something that I hope that we continue to strive for even even here in the Western culture, which I think is is definitely part of our mission that we're doing is like educating people on how like this doesn't have to be the truth. Like you get to celebrate your body and you get to enjoy food and exercise can be celebrated too. And I know you're really big into Zumba and movement. Have you always been into movement or was that, what was the progression into that? 
So in terms of movement, I always enjoyed dancing, but I really just saw it as something casual. I never actually thought it was a legitimate form of movement. But when I spoke to the dietitian um, about my relationship with movement and how I just had a really bad experience for most of my life, mm -hmm. she told me to look back and really think and reflect and see what kind of movement I genuinely enjoy that does not, um, that has no association with anything related to diet culture. And so I realized, hey, that's actually dancing. It's so much fun. I don't even know how much time goes by. It just kind of happens. So I decided, hey, let me go to my local gym and try out a Zumba class mm -hmm. um, because I knew that they offered that. And so I went to the gym and I was very pleasantly surprised because the instructor was actually a black woman and she was in a larger body, which was just so shocking to me because we were in Saskatchewan. There's really not many people like me over there. So it was really, really inspiring to see that she was so and she was having so much fun and she was bringing so much energy to the class and it really looked like no one was judging her for her body which was interesting to me because I always thought you're supposed to be in a smaller body to be in a trainer so it was just so radical to me but it was perfect because I was working with the uh, with the dietitian on the side mm -hmm. so I'm just so thankful for that experience yeah yeah, it sounds like really you had all the right mentors come into your life at this at the right time. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Yeah. It's we always need that little like that guidance, right? I think navigating diet culture and learning more about body image and how we can really tear down some of those narratives that we've been taught. It can be a really sticky situation. It can feel really challenging, really emotional to let go of some of those stories and having those mentors to help you navigate through is so, so impactful. So as a non-diet nutritionist yourself now, what are the different ways in which you're able to help your clients? So the main thing that I do is one-on-one -on -one coaching. And so most of my clients work with me for six to 12 months. And what we do is weekly sessions or bi-weekly sessions where we make plans based on what their goal is. Um, and we just work towards it week by week, making those tiny little steps and steps of progress. And it's just so amazing to see as people become more and more confident about what they eat, about how they're eating and how much they're eating without actually relying on any external cues for the first time in their life. Um, and it's, it's just beautiful to see that people finally learn why diet culture sucks and how to continuously reject it. Um, and so one-on-one -on -one is the main way to work with me. I also do group sessions every few months, um, but Zumba is also one of the main things that I do. Yes, and you do online Zumba classes, is that right? Yes, weekly virtual classes weekly virtual classes. I'm literally going to have to sign up for one because I love Zumba and I love your energy. <laughs> yes, please do join. I would love to have you. I love it so much. So many good things. So 
what do you feel like maybe were some of the stories and beliefs that were really hard for you to let go of as you were kind of detaching from diet culture or were there some that were like really challenging? Well, earlier you mentioned the desirability Mm. um, struggle and that was a really big piece for me just coming from a place where that was usually my main motivation to lose weight, being more attractive to others. Um, And so that was really hard to detangle, but with all the mindset work, like what you said, with shifting and realizing, hey, it's more about what's inside, not what what's outside, that really helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and another struggle that was really hard to detangle was just that my body size was not actually directly linked to my health. Yeah. That really, really confused me um, because from everything I had ever learned, basically, it was that thinner equals healthier um, mm-hmm. and thinner is happier. Um, but I had to learn, hey, that's actually not the case. And I can actually create a world where I know that I'm healthy, even in my larger body, and I'm not trying to change myself by any means, and I'm just happy. Um, So that was also really hard, but with lots of support um, in person and also just virtually, it was possible. Yeah. Yeah. I I love just hearing your experience. And I think that going back to that desirability piece, that's something that I hear a lot from women. It's something that I didn't even realize I was attaching it to until my coach pointed it out and like had me really define like what I was attaching a smaller body to. And it was always more, more like, I felt like I was going to be more like liked or desirable by a man. And it's just so interesting because like, I wouldn't want to be with anyone who's judging me based on my body. Like that doesn't feel supportive. You know, it's, it's just so interesting when we can really see that. And it's like, yeah, that's actually not someone I would want to be with because it's almost like, Hey, I love you, but I need you to change this, this, and this about you. Like what? (laughs) Exactly. It makes no sense at all. But unfortunately for so many of us, that is our story. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be so challenging to break those through those. But for my listeners out there, if that is something that you're, you're struggling with, like Natasha and I are here for, to support you and all the things that we do and helping you to have a safe space to really like care, tear through some of that and decide like what's valuable to you, because that gets to be an individual process. Um, so I love it. I love it. I love it. So what would you maybe tell someone who's kind of on the fence about really leaving that weight loss goal behind and stepping into learning how to be more in touch with intuitive eating and their bodies? So one really big piece of advice that I would give is that as scary as it is to ditch diet culture, just really be honest with yourself and ask, hey, how has this ever served me? And really look all throughout your life, look at all the diet programs, look at all the different measures that you've taken to lose weight and really see, did this actually make me happier at any point? Mm -hmm. Um, The answer is probably no. 
And then also look at yourself right now. Are you happy in your current body? The answer is also probably no. Um, so there is no point in in keeping up with that cycle because it's never going to change. Whereas if you do give intuitive eating a shot, even if that's super duper scary, there is that promise of it is actually going to get better for a fact. You can be assured that with time, you will only feel better about yourself when it comes to food, when it comes to movement and the way that you view your body. So don't be scared. You have all of this support. We're here for you. Um, and it's just a great way to live. It's a lot more fulfilling than any diet could be. Yeah. Um, that made me think about too, because oftentimes we're so inundated with like the thoughts around like what we're eating, how much is this good or bad and thinking about and weight loss. So I'm curious for you, like when you're able to like get rid of some of that, did you find that you had like more mental space to try other things? And if you did, what were some of those things that you had more time for? So one really big thing that I actually finally had time for was friends and family and pursuing my goals because I never realized just how much time I was dedicating um, to my pursuits for weight loss and how that actually resulted in me ditching so many events that I would have actually wanted to attend, like going to the beach or going to weddings and things like that. There were so many opportunities that were missed because I was scared of losing control around food. Um, so that was a really big thing. Um, and also just for pursuing goals, there were so many things that I wouldn't have done in my larger body had I still had the mindset that I had before. And being a Zumba instructor is a huge example because even if I was in a smaller body, I don't think I would have thought I was good enough to be a, an instructor. So realizing that, hey, it doesn't actually matter was just earth shattering basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, holy cow. It's like this new door opens and it's like, Hey, you get to do whatever makes you feel really amazing. And there are no like prerequisites that we always think that we need to have. Like so many women think that their bodies need to look a certain way in order to be a trainer or, you know, be seen in any, mm -hmm. form, whether it be in getting a management role, like leadership role, or even going out and dating and in finding a relationship. And so being able to rid yourself of that BS, you know, really clears up some room for you to be like, what is it that I really want? And that will like help me experience this life. And it sounds like you were able to do that, which is so amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's definitely been a journey. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think falling in love with the journey is a part of it too, right? Like I, at least for me, I found that releasing some of those outcome goals that you used to have around your body, looking a certain way or meeting a certain calorie amount, it becomes more about like the process of who you get to become as you discover more about yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. So what, what final thoughts would you have for my audience out there? Just anything that comes to mind. And then of course, I would love to hear about where my audience can come find you and all of that. 
So my final thoughts are about movement and making sure that you have a healthy relationship with movement. Um, if you move because you actually want to, because it feels good, it reduces your stress, it gives you more energy, more confidence, and just all of those positive feelings, then you are on the right track especially if you're able to take breaks and to stop completely whenever you need to. Mm -hmm. um, and your relationship with movement might just need a little bit of a break if you're finding that you're moving because you have to, or if you're focused solely on calorie goals and you might even find yourself getting injured frequently because you're not having a good time. But movement is supposed to be fun. Yes. Yes. I love that. Movement is supposed to be fun. It can be whatever you want it to be. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> awesome, Natasha. And I know you had mentioned your Instagram handle, but I'd love you to, to mention that again and where else people can sign up for your Zumba classes or inquire about coaching with you. Awesome. So my website is thethicknutritionist.com and my Instagram is also at thethicknutritionist. If you're interested in coaching with me, there's more information both on my website and also on my Instagram. It's very easy to find. Yay. Uh, so amazing. Well, all my listeners out there, I hope that you go join Natasha's space because it's, it's one of my favorites to go get information and be inspired into, and now I'm going to take Zumba classes because I need to get in some, some dancing in my life, girl. So yeah, <laughs> go do that. So thank you so much for sharing your story on the podcast today. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure for me as well. Thank you so much for listening in to this week's episode of the Mind and Body Strong podcast. If you loved this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave a five-star rating and review or share a screenshot of the episode on your social media platforms. This helps even more women be able to find the podcast and move towards their own personal transformation. Or come on over to Instagram and send me a DM. Let me know what you thought of the episode or let me know about future topics you'd love to hear here on the podcast. Sending love to you no matter where you're at in the world, my friends. Until next week, take care.